Hey there! Welcome to Well Dukes. This podcast is brought to you by UREC Health Promotion. Tune in every other Wednesday for conversations that we hope challenge what you know, think, or do in regard to your own health and wellness and helps you be Well Dukes. Hello and welcome to another episode of Well Dukes. My name is Mary Grace. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the graduate assistant for health promotion with the University Recreation Center, or UREC. In today's episode, we'll be discussing how to have the best sex of your life, or at least an honorable mention. This may sound like the headline of a teen magazine, but we'll be giving you the tools to stop having mediocre sex, and the biggest piece of that being communication and consent. Today I have one of our wellness instructors as my co-host, and I'll let her tell you a little bit more about herself. Take it away, Kate. Yeah, hi. My name is Kate Becker-Mowry. I am a wellness instructor in health promotion here at UREC, and I'm very excited to be here today. And we're excited to have you, Kate. We'll start today with a question for you. What is the main reason young adults don't talk about their sexual preferences? Oh, good question. I would say the fear of being judged by their desires or being rejected by the sexual partner. Exactly. And a lot of young adults aren't talking about this with their partner because of that fear, which is a risk that comes with sexual communication. The good news is, like condoms, there are a lot of partners to choose from, so make sure you find the right fit. Because if one doesn't align with your preferences, you might end up having mediocre sex. To combat the potential for unexceptional sex and the fear of judgment, Kate and I are going to run through a few questions to consider asking yourself, as well as a potential sexual partner. Remember to be open to suggestions, but clear on your boundaries. Kate, take it away with sexual desires. Sure, so we're going to start with the basics here. What are sexual activities you know you like and what to do? By sexual activities, we really mean any intimate act with someone. So you may only know you like kissing or making out, and that's okay. With that being said, you might also want to consider what sexual activities you have never done, but think you might want to try. Do you have fantasies you would like to talk about, role play, or act out? This activity may feel intimidating, whether you're sexually active or not, but you know you want to be one day and aren't really sure what to expect. It may take some research or sexual experimentation. It'll also help if you're willing to at least try your partner's requests, as long as you feel safe doing so. Even if they do seem a bit outlandish at first, you may end up enjoying it more than they do. And if you don't, there's no pressure to partake in that act. So you can stop at any point, as long as you communicate that with your partner. Yeah, and with that thought in mind, I'm going to pose a few questions to help you determine your sexual boundaries. What are the sexual activities or fantasies you are not willing to explore? So make a yes, no, maybe chart. Make a list of the things you like to do under yes, are not open to trying to do, or don't want to try again under no, and things you might like consider doing under maybe. And this will assist you in finding a partner that aligns with your preferences. If you are in a relationship already, this will help you in facilitating a conversation with your partner where you share your lists. And that's a great example of a healthy relationship, being able to talk about your sexual preferences and ensure that you're on the same page with your partner. 
Whether you're in a committed relationship or not, obviously college students aren't typically having sex to create new human life. So where does that leave us? With sexual pleasure. A few questions to consider here would be what kind of touch feels good to you? What are the places you enjoy being touched? How do you want to be touched, caressed, kissed, and or held? The more you explore and know your body through self-touch and masturbation, the clearer you can be about what kind of touch you enjoy when you're with a partner. Yeah, and even if you don't feel totally comfortable exploring your sexuality through masturbation, it can be important to take note of the type of touch you enjoy when partaking in sexual acts with a partner. For many women, especially, masturbation is a taboo subject, which may make it more intimidating if you've never experimented with it before such a great point because the female orgasm tends to take time and effort to reach the point of climax so it's important to find out how to reach that big o not every woman will have the same sexual preferences so their partner should be taking the time to notice what they're enjoying through nonverbal communication verbal cues and physical reactions kate and i will start with a little example right kate how do you feel about pineapple on pizza oh my gosh i absolutely love it 100 percent Yeah, you know, I I don't really feel the same way, but by (laughs) Kate's response, I could tell she clearly is excited by her tone of voice. Her face also lit up, giving me the nonverbal cues that pineapple on pizza might just be her favorite topping. And I, on the other hand, wouldn't be so excited to try that, but I would be willing to try that. Ideally, I would choose a cheese pizza every time, though. Just like we exemplified here, it is also important to negotiate your sexual preferences both verbally and non-verbally. I saw Mary Grace's hesitance to try the pineapple pizza through the look on her face and her tone of voice, so it would be important for us to have a conversation discussing what our next step would be, just as you should when your partner isn't enthusiastic about any aspect of the sexual experience. And if we are in fact having sex for pleasure, then it shouldn't be mediocre for either party involved. And if it feels too awkward to have an open conversation about consent or your sexual preferences, you should probably take the time to consider whether or not you're ready for that sexual activity. Yeah, and going off that, you may be ready for one sexual act, but that doesn't mean you're ready to go all the way or say to the next base. So whether you've just met your sexual partner and are engaging in a hookup, or if you're in a committed relationship, it is always important to remember to obtain consent for any sexual act. A lot of young adults, especially college students, often hear the word consent and assume that means you have to stop and say, can I kiss you now? Do I have consent to touch your boobs? Something so awkward or cringy that we see in the movies and portrayed in the media. But it doesn't have to be as awkward as I was just sounding. Right. It can be something so much more fun, like, hey, do you want to take this to the bedroom and make out? Tone of voice is everything. Consent is sexy. Communicating with your partner and telling them exactly what you want is sexy. So make sure you find the ways to have fun with that and not get caught up in the minute details. Yes, 100%. And if you aren't quite sure what to say to make consent sound sexy, do some research on how to talk dirty or even try brushing up on your sexting skills so you're more prepared going into your next hookup or sexual encounter. That's some really great advice, Kate, especially because when you're sexting, you're not just sending nudes. You should hopefully also be sending text what you want to do with that person. And if you can clearly tell them over text what you want, then that should be easier to make it happen in real life. 
So we started this conversation focusing on exploring your sexual desires, boundaries, and pleasure, as well as how to communicate each of those with your partner in a sexy way while still obtaining consent. Now we're going to answer a few of the most frequently asked questions surrounding consent and communication. So Kate, we'll start with our first question. Yeah, this is a good one. So what if both people are drunk when they have sex? Is that sexual assault? While consent must be coherent, not all drunk sex is considered sexual assault, which understandably complicates this. There are several factors to consider, including whether or not the couple knew one another and had a consensual relationship, the degree of the drunkenness involved, whether or not there was deceit, if the perpetrator knew the alleged victim was drunk, and a number of other factors. If you're ever unsure, it's best to stop and reevaluate at another point in time when you're both sober. I've got another question for you. What if someone is flirting with me? Doesn't that mean they're giving consent? No, flirting behaviors like smiling, giggling, winking, complimenting, all of those fun things don't mean that somebody is automatically giving consent for sexual behavior as well as what they're wearing. All those things can be used as foreplay, but flirting or what you're wearing does not automatically mean yes. Is regretted sex the same as sexual assault? No, it actually isn't. So regretting sex occurs when two people consent to a sexual activity, but one or both of them may feel guilty or experience regret afterwards. In contrast, sexual assault is when one person proceeds with the sexual behavior without the other person's consent. This could get messy if one or both people have been partying and drinking and have consensual sex, but it went further than they might have if they were sober. So we're gonna walk through a situation you might find yourself in. So I'll set the scene here, and Kate will give us the first response to what she would do. So imagine you're at a party, and you've been drinking, but you aren't drunk. You've been flirting with your crush, and they ask if you want to go somewhere more private, since it's so loud. You find yourself sitting on a bed, and the sexual tension is killing you. How do you determine if your crush wants to have sex, or just wants to fool around for a little bit, or really isn't feeling it at all that night? Yeah, I would start out with uh, checking the person, like checking for physical signs that the person, whether they're drunk or they might be incapacitated. So these could be, are they slurring their words? Are they dizzy? Are they maybe getting sick? And that would be a clear sign that they're not just a little drunk, but they're incapacitated and not able to give consent. And if I've determined that they are not incapacitated, then definitely asking the person, is this okay? Or where do you want to go from here? But being sure not to coerce them when asking, because I know that can be a, a tricky slope. Just asking them once so they don't feel pressure is very important. And one important point that I want to highlight from what Kate just said would be making sure your partner is not incapacitated and then asking them once whether they want to move forward. Coercion would be asking your partner repeatedly if they want to engage in a sexual activity or making them feel guilty as if a debt is owed by flirting with them all night. Making sure that you're checking back in with your partner can be as easy as stopping and asking them, can I blank your blank? Do you want to blank? and obviously filling those spots in with the activities that you're currently seeking. Like we mentioned before, consent is sexy, and really it is all about tone of voice, so guiding the experience by talking about what you want to do next is a great way to ensure that you're continuously receiving consent from your partner. Saying yes once doesn't give complete access to your body or their body. 
Yeah, definitely. So Mary Grace, what are some questions that you can ask your partner throughout the encounter? Yeah, so a few fun ones could be, do you like that? Tell me what you want to do to me next. How does that feel? You really don't have to overthink consent. It's just about communicating and having fun. So now that we've covered um, some of these burning questions, we do want to provide a few resources for anyone listening who would like to have a more in-depth conversation about the topics discussed on this podcast. So on JMU's campus, we have the Victim Advocate Service, which is a confidential resource for anyone that needs to talk about sexual assault with a trained professional. And we'll have a link to that information in our episode description. We also offer wellness coaching with a focus on sexual health here at UREC, as well as safer sex stations located across campus. A few of our locations include the Wellness Center at UREC, Student Learning Initiative Resources Office, or SLI, in Huffman Hall, the Student Success Center next to the pharmacy, as well as the pantry located in Taylor Down Under at the Union. Yeah, we provide over 20 different types of safer sex supplies at most of these stations, and we also have online ordering, so you can take your time and decide which type you want without the pressure of feeling watched by those around you. The pickup locations for online ordering are SLI in Huffman Hall and at the Wellness Center in UREC, with a pretty quick turnaround time. The link to the order form will also be in our episode description. Trying new condoms or flavored lube can also be a really fun way to try something new with your partner or try something new with a new partner. So make sure you check out the safer sex stations because they are all free. And if you feel self-conscious about standing in front of the condoms and reading to figure out what each one provides to the sexual experience, you can also check out the online ordering option and this will give you more time to stop and read through the various options we offer and figure out what you might like the best. You're also welcome to try the various types and figure out which ones you like best and then the next time you're by one of our safer sex stations you'll feel more confident and comfortable being able to walk up to it choose whichever one you found was your favorite and move on from there. So a few of the ones that we have are Pleasure Plus and so this would give you more space at the top. It gives you the opportunity to have a little bit more sensation for someone with a penis. We also have Ribbed or Thin. So obviously Ribbed giving you extra sensation. There's various types of those to check out and then Thin being something where it feels like you're almost not wearing a condom but it's better than not wearing a condom because you don't have the risk of stis or getting your partner pregnant so those are good things to think about we also have various types of lube as well and we have a couple different flavors you can figure out what your favorite type is and you can also just pick up regular lube as well lube is a great tool to have yeah and definitely noting that they're all different but they are all equally effective when used correctly yes kate exactly make sure that you're using them correctly and even though it isn't the end of the world if you do get an sti let's try to avoid that if at all possible so like kate said making sure that you know how to use them as well as stocking up if you know that you're going to be having someone over soon and um, maybe just keeping a few extras in case your roommates plan to have people over anytime soon. So Kate, before we wrap up today, (laughs) pun intended, I do have one final question. Yeah. 
since you're one of the main people refilling the safer sex stations on campus, what are the most popular condoms at JMU? Oh, wow. Um, I've definitely noticed, like, on average, the most popular would be the standard fit, the standard condoms. But with that in mind, I will say that the -the glow-in-the-dark condoms also find their time to shine. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And as far as flavored lubes go, can you tell us what the, some of the most popular flavors are? Oh yeah, they're, they're fun to try out. Yeah, people definitely want to try the chocolate. They're very interested in chocolate. And I've also noticed that mint is very popular, which kind of surprised me because I know mint can be a you either love it or hate it type flavor, but it's very popular. There are a lot of fun flavors to try out and experiment with. Exactly. Just try it. And honestly, I mean, like, chocolate flavored, who could resist that? Like, that sounds like a, definitely a good time. And mint, I mean, you know, it's it's great to feel like you've just brushed your teeth. So, like, you are more than welcome to try out any of these flavors. And just a reminder that flavored lube or condoms can be irritating. So those sensitive areas, if you're going to partake in vaginal or anal sex maybe opting for something that isn't flavored and saving the flavored options for a time when you are fully covered. So now that you are informed on our lube and condom situation, we just want to thank everyone for tuning in to this week's episode of Well Dukes. If you don't already follow us on social media, you can follow JMUURAC and JMU Well Dukes on Instagram for more wellness tips and content. If you have any burning questions or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, please send your feedback to our email, which can be found in the episode description, or send us a message on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in, and as always, be well, Dukes. Dukes.